Welcome to the Facility Dude Podcast. Here's your host, Bob Papa Dude Bittner. Welcome back, everyone, to the Facility Dude Podcast. I'm Grace Tester, and I'm here again with Bob Bittner. How are you, Bob? I'm doing good today. Awesome. Well, last week we talked a little bit about indoor air quality and we realized as we got into it that it is such a broad subject that we're going to have to expand it a little bit more. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to just kind of expand on that a little bit and I want to talk a little bit about mold as well as it relates uh, in the business. So uh, we were talking about that and if you remember we talked about parts per million and how we measure different chemical particles in the air right. and, and how we dissipate some of that, uh, particularly in the CO2 that you and I are producing in this room right away, or as we speak right now, and uh, how bringing fresh air in helps uh, dissipate that. And some of these things are naturally in our environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I've heard people say before, how can we just eradicate mold? Let's just get rid of mold. Yeah. Well. Uh, I would, I'm here to say if we got rid of mold, first of all, there wouldn't be any mushrooms that I like. Or blue cheese. Or blue cheese. <laughs> or the earth would, I, I like to express it like this, the earth would be covered in leaves because mold and mold spores is what breaks down material, causes it to decay and to rot and go back into the earth. And so if we didn't have uh, mold spores in our atmosphere, that we would be covered up with litter and trash and so forth. Oh, fun. And so it is a very beneficial thing and it is natural in our environment and there's certain levels of it in our air. Kind of unlike uh, the CO2 that we talked about last week where we know a standard that uh, is generally about 400 parts per million. Right. Uh, mold spores depends on areas of the country, concentration of those moles, what's going on in the atmosphere, what's the temperature and humidity doing right now to either breed or spawn those mole spores, what's the air currents doing that uh, pushes those mold spores around. But in every room, in every breath we take, we have some level of exposure to mold spores. Hmm. And some of the mold spores that we are uh, Uh, accustomed to being around every day are not detrimental to our health in any way. Uh, They really don't cause us a problem. And unlike uh, CO2, where we can pretty much predict if you're going to get a high CO2 level, you and I are going to get sleepy in church. (laughs) Uh, So that's the excuse we can use from now on for falling asleep (laughs) in church, right? Uh, But um, unlike that, it's, it's hard to predict uh, with mold spores, particularly some of the mold spores that are m- we're more susceptible to being a res- have a response to a negative response to. Mold spores are kind of like it's not just one mold spore. Right. It's kind of like uh, I kind of like to describe it like cancer a little bit, in that there's although all cancer is bad, there's how many different types all of different cancer? Types. Okay. There's all kinds of different things. Uh, that are described as cancerous. And so, kind of like that with with mold spores, there's just lots of different types of mold spores, Mm -hmm. and we react differently to them. You will react to them differently than I will react to them. Uh, I recently went to uh, uh, just 
just like our allergies. I recently, a couple weeks ago, went and had an allergy test done. Right. And they drew this coordinates on my back, this uh, chart on my back, and then they scratched my back and felt like 5,000 times to see what I was allergic to. Right. Some things I was and some things I wasn't. If you would have been there and had the same thing done on your back at the same time, we'd probably gotten totally different results. Right. Kind of like that with mold spores. Okay. In that, uh, uh, but there are a few that have been identified uh, that are more, people are more sensitive to. Aspergillus is one of them. Uh, Stachybotrys is another one. And those are the things that we more than likely look at and we call the black mold. Oh, gotcha. Okay. The black mold. <laughs> and so uh, one of the things that mold has to have in order to uh, grow is, a, is an environment for it. There has to be moisture. So there has to be water. That's why we talked a couple weeks ago about the flooding and paying attention to roof leaks and those things. Uh, pipes leaking, pipes sweating right. uh, in the back of the walls. There has to be moisture. There has to be a food source to it for it to attack and to grow on. So ideal food sources uh, is dirt, is the paper on the back of sheetrock. Hmm. That is a great food source for mold. And so when there's a infiltration of water in the in the core of a, of a wall and you've got moisture, you've got a food source, and then you have a temperature level that is the right temperature level for it to, to grow and to spawn and continue to grow, you've got the conditions for mold. So what happens is that uh, you say, well, you know, that wall is closed up. Mm -hmm. How do mold spores get in there? Well, there's been mold spores in there, and regardless of what you do to seal a wall, there's still air flowing right. in those cavities of the They're wall. Everywhere. <laughs> They're everywhere. And so, and it doesn't take too many to get it started. Gotcha. And uh, so we, we get those mold spores in there, and we continue to, they continue to grow, and all of a sudden, I walk into a room, and maybe my eyes water, or I'm sitting in, the, in my office, and... Um, I start to get headaches and I, I'm saying, you know, I, every time I come into this room, I'm getting a headache. Right. Uh, what's changed? What, what are the things that has gone on? And so we make those complaints to our facility manager and we say, you know, I, for some reason, I just don't feel like I used to feel when I walked into this room. And so a facility manager will come to investigate and say, well, you know, your, your office backs up to a restroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had some leaks in that restroom. Let's look in the hollow of these walls and see what's going on. Well, a lot of times we don't want to just bust big bust holes in the, <laughs> in the uh, sheetrock to, to do it. And so here's a little hint to our facility managers of how we kind of look at that. A lot of times what we'll do is we'll go to the floor, obviously where water will flow downhill, right, mm -hmm. is the most likely place for it to be. And I'll take the vinyl baseboard and I'll peel the vinyl baseboard off back. Mm -hmm. A lot of times because of that rubber on that vinyl on the wall, you'll find a great amount of mold right oh, behind right. that baseboard. You don't even have to go any further. You can see it. Uh, so check the baseboard so, first. So pull a little bit of the tab back on the baseboard. Uh, I always recommend taking a 
razor blade and cut along the paint line on the top of it so you don't rip paint off yeah. while you're doing this. But a very non-destructive. And then what you can do also is, if you don't see anything there, take a little keyhole saw, cut a little piece of the, the sheetrock out behind that baseboard mm -hmm. so you can see into that cavity. See if there's anything growing on the back of that uh, piece of sheetrock. Uh, so it's really kind of a, uh, that's a slightly invasive, but not doing a lot of destruction. Right. So for a facility manager, if you do find that, um, what, what then, there are standards that you have to go by to, to get rid of it, correct? There are standards. Okay. And, uh, and I'm glad you, you brought that up because when you're doing that, even that initial inspection, you ought to be using a respirator. You mm -hmm. ought to have some protective uh, equipment on so you're not inhaling that. Uh, but once you do that, then you want to bring some professionals in to eradicate that. Get the situation dried out. One of the, one of the key things to help prevent it uh, is, and that's what we really want to do, we don't want to have to remediate, we want to prevent, right? Right, exactly. One is get water dried up right away. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've had a flood, if you've had a leak in, in your building, get it dry. Mold can, can uh, spawn and start to grow within 24 to 48 hours. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a long time. And uh, you wanna get in there, get it dried out, get the uh, moisture out of there, get dehumidifiers in place, uh, start running those things, getting it, and you'll be surprised how quickly things will dry up and how much water you can get out of the space uh, with a dehumidifier uh, and some air movers in the building. So get lots of air movers, get lots of dehumidifiers in the space, Get start to get it uh, dried out. And then if you're not qualified, if you don't have qual people that are trained uh, and uh, have the right protective equipment, by all means, you want to get some professionals in. Because they have some materials that they can uh, get it out safely, and then they treat the area to kill the, the uh, spores. And one of the things is, though, that's a little misconception is, is that even though mold spores might be dead, we might kill them, mm -hmm. they can still be an irritant to you, hmm. uh, even if they're dead. Now, they're, when they're more active and more growing and producing more spores, uh, it's much worse, but they can still be. So the cleanup is, is necessary. One of the things that I, I would caution people uh, about, particularly if you don't know what you're doing, is we've always said that Cloroxes can kills mold, mm -hmm. and it does. Uh, you look at it on the outside of your house, you make up, mix up a Clorox solution, you spray it on and it, it turns black and you can take a hose and, and wash it off and uh, it's just amazing what happens uh, with all that mold. But again, you're using a chemical that really was not designed to kill mold, it does kill it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't know what you're doing, if you mix, let's say you uh, don't know what you're mixing it with, Right. If you mix Clorox and ammonia together, that puts off a dangerous, poisonous gas yeah. and can really cause a problem for you. Absolutely. And so, even around our homes, I would suggest people you know get the right, uh, right chemical for it. Be very cautious if you're using it. Really know what you're doing when you go in to clean up. Right. And remediate. And when in doubt, Google. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I would even double check on Google. Double sometime. check the Google. <laughs> well, the, other, the other thing from a, um, a, a place that mold will grow and, and distribute throughout the building is in the air handlers themselves. Mm -hmm. Because we're producing, in the, particularly in the summertime when humidities are high, mm -hmm. 
we're producing a lot of water in those units. And they sweat. And they sweat, and there's dirt in there from that's being brought in. And even though and we talked a few weeks ago about good filtration, as if we don't have good filtration in there, or if we don't have, uh, um, if we have openings in the filtration that allows that dirt to get through, remember the three things that we have to have for, uh, for mold to grow. We've got to have a food source. Dirt's a great food source. Mm -hmm. We have to have water, water, moisture. And so the whole thing in there is dripping wet. Right. And then you have to have the right temperature. Guess what? It's just the right temperature <laughs> just in, right. in there to, uh, to grow. And so uh, it just makes common sense that you want to make sure that uh, your air handlers are clean on the inside that water's flowing out, that they're not standing in there. Is that usual, like a usual part of preventive maintenance that to is go a in usual, and actual cleaning? It, it, is an, it is a actual procedure to go in and clean, but also to go in just and inspect and make sure that it's, it's if it's designed properly and you have good air filtration in there, mm -hmm. the less often you have to clean. And those are, you know, they're a, it's, it's a nasty job. It's just a nasty <laughs> it job. Sound fun. And, uh, when we don't have to do nasty jobs, I like that. That's better. <laughs> uh, but, you know, as we, uh, again, everybody is sense, has a different sensitivity level. So there is no standard that says, oh, at uh, 1,000 parts per million of aspergillus, you've got to shut the building down. Right. Because it may not affect me at all. It might not affect... we. we Heard earlier the, the definition, if it doesn't affect uh, more than 80%, 80% right. of the population of the building, then it would be considered not. But if we have two or three people that's affected by it and can't do their job and are getting sick and have headaches, we want to address it. Now, with these standards, these probably change a little bit when you start to talk about facilities like healthcare facilities and things like that, correct? Well, the, the standard itself does not change, okay. but the sensitivity to that changes. We might be, we know that uh, in a healthcare environment, uh, people that are of a younger age and older age, like myself, seem to be, tend to be more responsive to mold spores mm -hmm. and chemicals. And so in a NICU unit, in a hospital where we have uh, highly sensitive uh, newborn babies that are already compromised in some way, right? And we put some other calculation in there of mold or high CO2 or uh, pesticides from outside. Certainly not a great thing you want to do mm -hmm. because they're already compromised. Sure. So there is much more sensitivity, if you will, to to that uh, uh, age bracket as well as senior adults, you know, where people have, may have respiratory problems to start with. And uh, you introduce something in there that will compromise even more. So, it's, so their protocols may just be more intense in, for that environment. Exactly. Okay. Um, and, and the facility manager really needs to pay more attention to that. Sure. Uh, you know, the, obviously the babies can't get up and move around if they're feeling discomfort and say, and they can't obviously tell you Boy, you moved me into this room, and now I'm starting to get a headache. And, and sometimes even even uh, uh, seniors, where we talk in the senior living, don't have the capacity to be able to move about, to get out and get fresh air. They're exposed to it 24-7. Mm -hmm. uh, so those things uh, really need to be sensitive to it. 
in, in those environments. Our schools, we have high concentration of kids uh, in our schools that uh, are in rooms all day long uh, with, with uh, usually one to two adults in that room and uh, they're, they're confined to that space and so uh, it's important to understand the purpose and use of the buildings that you're involved with. Right. Now, do would you say that it's part of like common practice to go around and check for mold whenever throughout the year, or uh, the um, CDC Center for Disease Control? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great question because they advise against doing testing, random testing, uh, because uh, of that very very thing. We don't know what's how to react to certain levels. Okay. And since we don't know what the certain levels are, then uh, let's not test for it. If you have people that are responding to, uh, that you're getting uh, complaints about, then you ought to investigate. Gotcha. And see what you find. And uh, I always think it's a good practice as you're doing maintenance work that you're aware of the possibility of mold in your buildings and what causes mold and the conditions that cause it. That's why it's extremely important. And I took a tour of uh, our new employees on a, a, a tour of this building that we're in today, uh, the other day, into our mechanical room spaces. And I will say that this, the guys that do the maintenance here do a phenomenal job of keeping the rooms clean. Yeah. And I walk into so many mechanical room spaces, and unfortunately, even, even in healthcare environments, and the spaces are filthy, filthy, dirty. Right. And dirt is just a wonderful food source for mold. Mm-hmm. And that dust is a wonderful source of irritant for people. You walk into mechanical rooms and you'll see uh, cans opened of chemicals. Uh, you might see paint that's opened and left out. So it's a lot of it has to do, uh, good indoor air quality has a lot to do with not only the design of your building, but the cleanliness and how you respond to issues in the building. Gotcha. If you, if you leave uh, roofs leaking for a long time, you're gonna have mold problems. Right. <laughs> you, you just, it's, it's gonna be a factual thing, you're gonna have mold problems. Now to what degree, it depend, depends on a lot of things. But if you have pipes that are leaking, if you have a pipe that is broken and you don't do a good job of cleaning it up, you can expect to do a major cleanup. I was in a, uh, healthcare environment last year and they had had a major major flood in the in the first floor of their building and they had water that had come in up about six or eight inches uh, in that floor space oh my goodness. and there were a lot of there were labs there there was a lot of offices with paperwork on the floor paper is an excellent food source for for mold mm-hmm. and so anytime you get wet damp paper I mean you're going to get it on it right away right books and they had, uh, they had opened up that whole building. They had dehumidifiers running. They had fans running. I mean, every, every six or eight feet, there was a dehumidifier unit. And they had cut off the, the sheetrock. And a lot of times what you'll have to do to mitigate some of that is, is you'll have to come in and cut sheetrock up 8, 10, 12, depending on how much water you've had in there, hmm. 12 inches, uh, and open that whole wall cavity up. To get the, and, air, to to get get the water it, out. To yeah. get the water out, to get it dried, and uh, to replace with new. It's not a fun job. So it's the prevention is much easier and much less cost reactive. than reactive. <laughs> Just as 
as we typically do. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, thanks so much for sharing again this week, and uh, we'll talk again next week. I'll look forward to it. All right, thanks, Bob. Thank you for listening to the Facility Dude Podcast. We love to hear your feedback about the show. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes and help other facility operations professionals like yourself find the show. Email your questions or comments to podcast at facilitydude.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Facility Dude. We look forward to hearing from you.